Hey, what's good? We're back with Big Neil on Let's Live in 31 Days. The 31 Days of Big Neil and 31 Proverbs. We are going at it. Going at it. Going through the book of Proverbs, chapter by chapter by chapter. For a couple of reasons. Number one, we want to help people who are interested in starting a Bible study for themselves and learn how to look at the Bible differently. So we're breaking it down how I look at the Word of God in different ways and what, what the Word of God says with the help of some online commentaries and the ones I have here in my home but in office and we're just making it plain as possible just to give someone information about the Bible because at this point in time we are in the age of information and not of wisdom in this present time in this world there's information everywhere and sometimes trying to take all the information even just a tenth of it that you, that you see and hear every day and it comes to the word of God it's, it can just make it seem like the word of God is just out of date irrelevant and at times just unattainably uh, hard to understand. So we want to help with that. I want to help with that. So we've been going through the book of Proverbs, each chapter. We've started a course of chapter one. And Proverbs itself, it started off with, with the author of Solomon. Wisest man that we know. One that was in Ecclesiastes, the one that was in King David's son. This man is legend for lack of better terms he was very very smart he was a king and he's taking his time to break down what he has learned from his mistakes and his failures and um yes he's with god but the thing that's different about proverbs is that this is not a book of prophecies and prayers this is a book of principles now we're getting into more of those principles as he is pouring them out in chapter 10 in chapter 9 and in chapter 10 in chapter 10 in chapter 9 I want to get ahead of myself because it gets it's always all good to do, but it gets you in chapter nine. We see that he has built upon everything that he has already said in chapters one through eight. He's continually building and he's continually building and he's continually building to get to the next point to explain the importance of the previous point. It all builds on top of each other, and yes. A lot of things of what he has said in the book uh, so far are repetitive because to, to be the wisest man, you understand that the mother of teaching is repetition. That's the best way to learn something and get it. Teach it over and over and over again in different ways. This is exactly what he's doing. Chapter 8, our previous chapter, he talked about, um, um, <clears throat> excuse me, not just the way of wisdom, but who wisdom was. Who wisdom was and how she how she moves and refers to as she and, uh, and what what wisdom does. Again, in chapter 7, he talks about the way of the harlot and what the harlot does. When we get here to chapter 9, he starts off saying the way, uh, talking about the way of wisdom and saying wisdom has built her home. She has honed out her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her meat. She has mixed her wine. She has furnished her table. She has sent out her maidens. She cries out from the highest place in of the city. Okay. Uh, verse 1 through 3. Pretty much one thing that's very clear that he's saying. Wisdom is not lazy. Wisdom builds. And he, he built and she builds a house. Okay. I don't want to get too deep in there. But please, by all means, go back and read. Proverbs 9, but more importantly, understand that everything builds up to explaining why he's talking about wisdom in this way. He is a, a King Solomon, right? What are these seven 
the seven pillars. It is said by theologians Adam Clark described that general understanding of this figure from early church is that the house built by wisdom is a humanity of Jesus Christ. The seven pillars are the seven sacraments of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get too deep now. I'm not trying to go over your head. But he's talking about that wisdom built her house on purpose. <coughs> wisdom built her house. Her house is huge, it's large, it's well appointed, and it's unshakable. It's built a house that will stand the test of time. Again, this is a book about principles. Not about prayers and prophecies and songs. This book is going to tell you what the benefits are of using wisdom and the consequences, the negative consequences of not using wisdom. Verse 4, I want you to pay attention to. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come eat of my bread. Alright? Wisdom is always inviting. Always inviting you, as we found out in chapter 8. Always inviting you, always look to give to you, to prepare you to go about in your own way. Okay? It says in verse 6, forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. Wisdom is going to invite you in, lift you up with the house that wisdom built, give you what you need, and set you on your way for understanding. Now here chapter 9 is very interesting because he's talking about the difference of using wisdom and using folly. Talked about wisdom. Let's keep reading. He who corrects the scoffers gets shame for himself, and he who rebukes a wicked man only harms himself. Do not correct the scoffer unless he hates you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Listen to this. Verse 9. Give instruction to a wise man and he will be and he will still be wise. And teach a just man and he will increase learning. I'm gonna skip down to verse 12 because it sums it all up. If you were wise, if you are wise, you are wise for yourself. And if you are and if you scoff, you will bear it alone. What he's telling you is the difference of what an individual will do when they get to a certain point in life. When they get to a certain point in life, there'll be several points in life. But in certain points of life on this journey in life, we have different pit stops. And when we get in these pit stops, we're going to be invited in by wisdom and in folly. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's go to verse 16. It says again, whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she said to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Now, we just read the chapter in verse 4. Sorry, chapter 9, verse 4. Same thing. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, Come, eat of my bread. Stoke 9, in verse 17, she says, Stolen water is sweet. Almost enticing the person to believe that what you steal and what you manipulate out of someone else is just as good as wisdom, and it's not. Not, not at all, not, not even close. And if and when we believe that, we fool ourselves. 100% we fool ourselves. The message of folly explaining how good it is to be bad. That's what it's doing. Things gained through transgression are more sweet and pleasant than those who those desires that are rightfully obtained. And again, chapter 9 breaks it down, the difference of what they do. They're both going to invite you in. There are pit stops on life. When we get to pit stops in life, what are pit stops, big Neil? Bad times, rough times, um, things that come unexpectedly. What are we going to lean to? This isn't telling you to pray and telling you to worship. It's telling you to find wisdom and, and, you're, and tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go find wisdom or you're going to find folly. You're going to find foolishness to get what you need to get done. Because one who finds wisdom still has a golden mind and one who, finds a, one who goes for folly still has a golden mind. Which one are you going to take? 
I'm going to go chapter 9. And it says, uh, verse 18, but he, he does not know that the dead are there, that, they, that her guests are in the depths of hell. It's saying that folly and day. Folly will invite you in to kill you where you lay. And wisdom, like in verse 4, will invite you in to build you up, to lead you on your way, on your into your purpose with gifts. Okay? Both of them have to for you, folly and wisdom. What you choose is what you will bear the fruit of. And we read about that or heard about that, I believe it was chapter three. So if you haven't heard or, or listened to any of the first uh, breakdowns that we've had of, of Proverbs, by all means, go back and catch up. I think it'll be beneficial. Like I said, uh, I have no fluff for you. I'm going to give you what that says the Lord, and I'm going to get out of here. I'm almost done with it right now. Uh, but I want you to remember that chapter nine is comparing the two. Solomon is breaking down. There's a way of folly and there's a way of wisdom. Because in this next chapter, we see that him crying out and petitioning someone for it, petitioning someone's attention to tell them about what he did and what to do, that he stops that. And the second phase of what Solomon does, as he's giving out wisdom verse by verse by verse, it is very, it is very intentional, full of wisdom, and it's quite powerful. So take this lesson, take this this chapter, go back and read it again, and understand that at, at, at certain parts of life, there are going to be pit stops. And those pit stops are given an opportunity. And they look the same. Folly and wisdom. All right? Hope you're learning something. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, by all means, hit me up. Uh, I look forward to uh, breaking down some work with you tomorrow and, and, and so on. You're going 31 days strong. I love the love of Christ. Peace.